Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast dedicated to the things nobody wants to talk about in real life. My name's Christina, your host, and a quick little disclaimer before I start this. Um, I realized that my intro last week was exactly the same as the intro the week prior, and um, what I mean by that is I had just gotten back from Virginia four weeks ago, and um, I talked about it in the intro to episode 19, which is two episodes ago. However, that episode had been recorded prior to my trip to Virginia, so when I released the episode after that, number 20, the most recent one with my sister-in-law, I recorded another intro acting as though I had just gotten back from Virginia when in reality I had already been back for two weeks. A little confusing. I I confuse myself all the time. Don't worry. Probably nobody noticed, but I just wanted to mention it. So yeah, right now I am sitting in my bedroom that I recently reorganized. Um, I'm a huge neat freak and I like to completely change my room every few months. Um, It's very cathartic for me and um, yeah, I got all my candles burning It's cold outside, which I love. Uh, I had that Instagram poll a few weeks back asking you guys if you preferred summer or fall. And I just want to say that 98% of you shared my opinion that fall is superior. So sorry, whoever's listening and you're a fan of summer. I know one person in particular that's going to be salty about this. But um, you're wrong. That's all I can say. (laughs) As fun as it is to be able to wear sweaters and drink pumpkin spice lattes and all that good stuff. Um, I do want to say that seasonal depression is real and this time of year can be hard for a lot of people, especially if you live in a part of the world where it's gray and stormy all the time. The sun might not ever come out for days at a time. Chemically, that can be hard for you. You know, you need that serotonin to keep you going. If you feel that way, just know it's totally normal. You're not alone and it's okay to ask for help. With that said, I'm going to jump right into my interview with Connor. One of the reasons I'm excited for you guys to hear Connor's story is because up till now I have had a lot of people on my show that have been severely struggling themselves and they've talked about their experiences and that's great, but we've I've never really explored the other side of the coin before, what it's like as a quote-unquote well-adjusted person uh, dealing with a friend who's mentally ill. And Connor has had a lot of friends who have struggled, and he talks about what it's like to show up for them and help them and uh, all the while dealing with his own shit. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear about that. I hope you guys have a great week. And as always, if you want to be a guest on the podcast or if you want to shoot me a line saying hello or, you know, if you have any ideas for topics you want me to cover, just send me an email at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM me on any of my social media accounts. I'm always happy to hear from you, and I love you guys, and I'm so grateful for the support you've shown since I started this. It really means a lot. All right, here is the interview. That's my very first podcast. How exciting. Oh my god. Yeah, I've always wanted to do one. 
did I pop your cherry? You pop, you kind of pop my cherry. You kind of pop my podcast cherry. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to be your first. Yeah. And what a good concept too. Like what a good um, way to do it. A very substantial, like a very, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A very serious uh, topic, which I like. Yeah. What is, something your crazy. Top- what, what is your topic? What's my topic? Yeah. Oh, so, so talking about my experience with those um, that struggle with mental illness. Um, So how I support and accept those in my life that struggle, right? Yeah, especially like someone who struggles themselves. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean, I've struggled, I've struggled, people have struggled, you've struggled. So we're sitting in my room, Connor is sitting across from me wrapped in a giant fuzzy blanket, (laughs) and my cat is licking her asshole behind us, giving us loving eyes. I love that. I gave her a couple of treats. So oh, that's I'm hoping why. I want her. Cats don't like me, so I'm like, I will take. Well, whatever. Ruby likes it if you give her treats, but then she'll turn on you. Then she'll turn on you, yeah. and I feel like she has. I feel like she's actually. Well, it's she's a power licking her play. asshole. She's licking so. her asshole, yeah. looking at me dead in the eye. I like how this episode has only gone on for like a minute, and we've said asshole three mm. times now. Oh, many. Like many Welcome. Times. Welcome. <laughs> um, okay. Who are you? So my name is Connor. Um, we we work together. Or we have worked together. Yes. Um, and I have have listened to your podcast. I think it's amazing. I think what you are trying to do is so important. I think that the stigma that goes around mental illness or a mental struggle is inaccurate. And so the more we talk about, the more we get it out there. Is I just I think it's it's important. So yeah. um, I know many people who struggle and have tried to just speak on the behalf of those who can't right yeah and so i want to be one of those people i want to talk yeah. about it yeah and the more we talk about it the more normalized it gets and yeah. the less awkward it gets yeah yeah i mean i've talked to you about this when i recently went to the hospital for mental health reasons mm-hmm. and i got back nobody asked me about it yeah. they kind of tiptoed around me um yeah. and i mean i've kind of slowly started talking about it more and right um, make helping. Um, my goal is to try to help people realize it's not a big deal if you don't make it a big deal. You know, it's just mm-hmm. part of life. It's just like, you yeah. know, if I took a week off because I was broke sick. your leg. Yeah, if or I broke my like, leg. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. I mean, why? Why yeah. would that? Why can't I talk about it? Yeah. You know? And it's even more interesting because of all the people that you came in contact with that were also going through a similar struggle. Oh yeah, you. I mean, well, that's the right? thing. Everyone, so, not even the people I came in contact with at the hospital, but right. literally everybody, like people we work with, like right. People we M- see every day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, everyone's dealing with stuff, but yeah. no one talks about it, so. No. no, and we have been we have been told it is a, what, sign of weakness, a, there's a lot of fear that goes around it. Yeah, and I, it's it's weird because I feel like our generation, we're, we're definitely better about it, mm-hmm. but I think it's less a fear of being seen as weak, and it's more a fear mm. of just awkwardness. Yeah, I could, yeah. Like, Everyone's afraid of being awkward or making someone uncomfortable, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. And then I guess maybe what they, how they see you, right? It's, I don't, I don't um, know. We're already yeah. getting into the, but yeah, stuff. anyway, yes. What's, um, so, how old are you, Connor? I am 26 years old. Okay. Um, I am a, a man living in Seattle. I am an artist. I work in digital medias and I, I love video games. That's one thing how I'm long have into. you been an artist? I've been an artist forever. Oh, since I was a kid, right? Yeah. Um, what kind I of started... stuff do you draw? So I draw... So when I was a kid, I drew a lot of um, 
architecture actually so i was a kid that loved like drawing like little maps and like and like houses and like and parks and whatever and as i've grown up i've loved human forms so i draw women men i'm really trying to be a, a concept artist for video games and so for me i love drawing characters i love drawing people getting their stories out so that probably makes a lot of sense yeah and your stuff is yeah. so good well, can I you plug you. your instagram oh i would love to plug my instagram <laughs> we're not gonna so... wait till the end we're just gonna, <laughs> we're do, just it gonna do it right now yeah. um my instagram is at drawn to con it's d-r-a-w T-O-C-O-N-N, Con, yeah. or look Connor Bolton up and you'll probably find me. Are you okay with saying your full yeah, name on fine. here? Okay. Oh, I, I feel like that's, you know, what are they going to do? No one cares. No one's going to get me, right? <laughs> I mean, not yet. Not you yet, know, who you knows? Know, you never know. But I am really trying to make it right now and I'm trying to put a lot of time and effort into what I love and what I'm passionate about. So, and this is a topic I'm very passionate about, mental health. So yes. I, I want to put time and effort into this stuff as well. So tell me about growing up. So, what's your family like? I so I'm in a big family. I am one of six kids. Uh, so I have three sisters, three brothers. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, one of seven because of then I I count yeah. as well. Um, three brothers, three sisters, myself included as a boy. I am a gay man um, raised in a divided household, so my parents are divorced. My mother, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm here to talk about, she suffers from um, bipolar disorder. And uh, my father uh, suffers from some anger management issues, okay. which is very interesting. Um, I actually don't, I feel like I don't run into a lot of people like that, like my dad, but I know it's out there. So it's just a very interesting. Uh, my father is remarried, so I have a stepmom. And then my mother was remarried at one point, but no longer is. Okay. Um, and so she is a single mom living in the Seattle area. How many of your siblings still live with her? So she still has three of them. Okay. That live, so a lot, like a lot of kids in their high school range, um, younger going through uh, puberty and stuff. So very high um, energy how, well, Where do you fall in the birth order? I am the oldest. I, I, I think you said that yeah. already. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, we have so much in common. I'm yeah. also the oldest of seven. And like yeah. I have three brothers oh. and three sisters. Yeah, so it's, it's like an even divide. Like, yeah. So for you, do your does your family struggle with Oh yeah, my family's yeah. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's to the point where um I've been talking a lot about this in therapy. I kind of normalize chaos. Like mm. chaos feels comfortable right. to me. Yeah. So if there's no yeah. chaos in my life, just because of the way I was raised, I don't know if you can relate to. Oh, that. I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it feels like like what's the catch? You know. Right. Like why? I'm what am in, I not doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always in fight or flight mode. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if there's no drama going on or no crisis, then I tend to create them. And yeah. so um, that's something <laughs> right. that's something I've had to deal with. Um, that's you very can interesting. Probably relate. So I can in some form, but the way you just said it is that like uh, that you kind of feed it yourself. Yeah, I probably do the very same thing. I probably don't realize it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you like for me, um, I created it through addictions, mm. um, financial struggles, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Yeah. It'd be interested. Yeah, I, and I it, would, it gives you yeah. a problem to solve. And I feel yeah. best when I'm solving problems because I don't know. I've, I just, I've always done that. It's yeah. part of such a big family, especially mm. the, when you're the oldest, you have so much responsibility. It's very true. I was reading yeah. my journal from 2009, <laughs> 10 years ago, <laughs> and I wrote that my biggest trigger was responsibility. Really? And it's... How... 
It was like it's very perceptive. <laughs> yeah, I was in my yeah. head all the time. I had a lot of time to think about this stuff. But yeah, it's the same now. Like responsibilities, like you, you just grow up with so many. Yeah. What do they say? Like you're the golden child or yeah. whatever, right? Because you're you paved the way. Yep. Right. You're the guinea yeah. pig. Yeah. You're but you're all so pig, yeah. you're kind of set up for failure in some ways, but also they expect you to succeed. Yes. Because you don't have someone to show you the way. Yes. But you have all these expectations and responsibilities. Yeah. That you'll do it right. Yeah, so did right. you feel a lot of that pressure growing up? You know, I did, actually. You know, it's funny that you say that, because yes, absolutely. I did not make a lot of mistakes, right? I mean, I did, obviously, but I, I whatever I did was very behind closed doors. I feel like mm. if I went well, out When you and say did whatever you did, like, my you mean like... didn't ask a lot. You know, so I'm a gay man. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, yeah. uh, obviously. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my parents actually did not monitor me as much as I think... Uh, an eldest normally is really you know people say like the youngest child gets kind of slept off and they yeah. can go do whatever they want and get away with it oh yeah my parents kind of believed and trusted that i did the right thing and i kind of did i was a pretty good kid i didn't get into any uh, drama or i didn't do drugs i didn't do crime i didn't drink um especially in high school but toward the later years of high school and into college i started exploring more of what i wanted to see in the world and um i was expected to be a good kid and i kind of was <laughs> not to see like, well, my own but horn, then but. you said you you got out into the world and you started yeah. um, started then having to explore well right? that's how it typically yeah. happens i feel like yeah. you you have to live your rebellious phase later than yeah. others what did that look like for you I mean, it probably was oriented more around dating, more towards sex stuff, right? Like meeting guys and and trying to um, explore my sexuality. How long? When did you? Sorry, I'm interrupting. So oh. My, oh no, you're. When so did you no. know you were gay? So I I knew I was gay when I was 14 years old. Okay. Um, when I started coming into puberty, right? Um, I didn't really know what to pin it as for a long time. Even when I was a kid, I knew something was different. Yeah. And I think a lot of gay men and women say the same thing, right? Um, but it was then through media, through whatever urges, through whatever visuals, through whatever dream, yeah. you know, I found out that I was like, oh, I'm attracted to men. I'm attracted to the male gender. Uh, I have to um, ask, is your family religious at all? They're not. So I, they kind of are. They are subtly religious. My, my, okay. dad, my dad is Christian, right? And we went to church, but yeah. it was never an overbearing presence in my household. Okay, good. It was never something that really put a huge block on beliefs and and freedom your family was openly accepting of lgbtq yeah. lifestyles yeah always my right. dad had a hard time you know just from discomfort you know he's a very masculine man so it was hard for him to just kind of accept what the reality of being a gay having a gay son was uh and the fear of whatever embarrassment he would go through whatever inner demons he had um but my mom was great my nice. stepmom was when did great. you come out? Uh, 16. 16. Yes, I, I'm very flamboyant, so it was pretty <laughs> obvious what I, you know, like, I, I could walk through a, I could just walk through a door, and people would be like, ooh, queen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, no, just, so nothing's changed much. <laughs> Nothing's changed, no. Always, always out there. Dip theater, you know, was a singer, whatever. I... Uh, that's just kind of what I was when I was growing up. So, but you're still I, the good kid. I was you the never kid. Did anything wrong. Yeah, I was very obedient. Yeah, very obedient. Really love my parents. I really, really love them. And I think probably because they were so accepting of me, I respected them more, mm. which means I was um, again more obedient to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I love them. Shocker. I As I, <laughs> shocker. Yeah. As I get older, I think things change a little bit. They're more humanized to me now. Um, and again, with this mental health thing, I see much more of it because I'm older. Yeah, and, and that can be a really hard pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah. 
it, it is. It's very hard. It's like, I mean, for you, have have you seen this kind of stuff from your parents, and have you? Had oh yeah. To... I mean, my mom. Uh, she was on the podcast a few episodes ago talking about her history of addiction, mm-hmm. and um, I I saw a lot of that growing up. And she's we're very open about it now. She's dealt right. with it. She's overcome a lot of it. But um, but yeah, there's depression and addiction on both sides of my family, and yeah. so. But we did not really talk about it growing up. We just kind of ignored it did no, you what did yeah, how did you guys handle it well it's very fascinating that you say you ignored it swept it under the rug right my i feel like my mother did that for herself i feel like my father did that for himself i knew that they were they were in therapy they went to counseling they went to couples counseling when they were together they did all kinds of stuff right to kind of help work on their mental things when did um, they get divorced how old they got divorced you? when i was oh i was first grade whatever age okay, that okay. is so like they got young. divorced pretty young yeah i was pretty young and they both got remarried pretty swiftly after that and things come along with relationship right so they were working on a struggle like that it is only in recent years that my mother was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in recent years in like maybe the last couple um and it makes a lot of sense to her behavior right and she i think it was truly just a lack of education around it that she didn't understand what it was or or how it affected her and now being diagnosed in it she can understand more and so now it's a discussion just because she has that on the table so what kind of symptoms was she showing back then that made you think something was up well, so now looking back on it, um, I think very manic, very, like she would go through these very hypermanic periods and then, um, I'm sorry, it's not hyper, it's just manic periods and then her hyperdepressive periods, right? Much more depressive than manic, but this would embody spending habits, you know, she would spend a lot of money in places she didn't have to, a lot of waste that way. Um, she would go through emotional fits, right? Like where she would be very loud or aggressive with whomever, right? Yeah. Kind of got in the way. Then so loving, like truly just so energized and so passionate and caring, which is also a type of, it can be a type of mania, right? Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then she would get sad every now and then, right? Whether it be about, um, I don't know, a lost love, a family member, whatever, whatever scenario came up. Um, it was just so back and forth all the time, right? Up and down all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. For a kid to keep up with. Oh, yeah. You know? For a and child, the, for her child. You yeah. know, before you get older and realize that your parents are human beings, yeah. you think your parents are everything and they know yeah. everything. Yeah. And that, and I guess that was for you that looked like the normal way to handle things. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so I am a very energized human. And so I've never been diagnosed with anything. I was going to ask um, that. Yeah, I mean, I've never... So I, I am not in therapy. I'm not in any kind of um, uh, like treatment. aid treatment. Um, I, I wonder if I've got little tendencies. But, you know, I did a little bit of a research paper around bipolar disorder once my mom uh, was diagnosed just to get a little bit better idea of what it was and how it affects people. I think I have minor symptoms of mania and depressive tendencies but i i'm very hyper i'm very very energized and it can leave me pretty quickly but it doesn't rule me i get a little bit of a fear around medication as yeah. well you is know, that based on anything you've gone through nothing that i've gone through just the I, you know what i would actually say i would say culturally media has skewed what medication can do for people right i think just hollywood seeing it in a movie someone's on on some kind of drug to help stabilize them there's this like this chaos that kind of goes around that um regardless of whatever show or movie it is i think maybe our 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 pop culture is, has skewed that for me so there's a little fear that i have yeah. a little step back from it so i've taken what are some examples oh i don't know like um what the first thing that came to my mind american horror story 
Isn't that crazy? Like, so do you remember, I don't know if you remember Asylum, the, the season yes. where it was revolving around yeah. um, mental disorder and, and, oh my God. and just that, that chaos, right? It was hyper, like, like hyper crazy. But, no, yeah. They but definitely milked that. They milked it. It was worth. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy and scary. Yeah. Right, and it was literally supposed to embody fear, right? Um, but they were on medications the yeah. whole way through, and a lot it just, of mixed feelings about yeah. that season, right? A lot <laughs> of mixed, yeah, feelings. I'm sure, as someone that, because I'm I'm on medication, I'm very pro medication. Yeah. So I mean, I I understand a fear about it, but um, things like that that painted in such a negative, scary and they do. light. Uh, yeah, and there would be fear that revolves around that, or. Yeah, all kinds of things, right? So, is your mom on any medication? She is. And okay. it, for her, it's been a pretty long struggle, I think, to find the balance. Can I ask what she's on? I if actually you know. don't know. Okay. I'm actually not totally positive off the top of my that's, head. That's I'd be interested in her talking to you, actually, about her experience. I think she would, of course, give you way more information. <laughs> yeah. She would know a lot more um, than I do. We're ending this episode but, now. No, like, can I have your mom's number? Cut to mom. Yeah, no, <laughs> can we call her right now? <laughs> Let's just give her a call. Like, we'll Skype her. Oh, can you? No. <laughs> no, I am... Um, I guess the reason I am here is to have a conversation about, I know so many people, I have so many friends, family members who go through this struggle of whatever they may have, whether it be depression, the bipolar disorder, um, anger management, whatever. Um, And I, I am not the best at supporting it. I am not the best at giving it the time and attention it deserves right just being there for people i don't feel like i do the right job not not necessarily bad job nor good job just the right and it looks different for everyone right i I love that we're talking about this because so far i've only had people on my podcast that have experienced mental illness themselves which you have a little bit a little bit and we yeah but um i think it's interesting to hear from the perspective of someone who is friends with these people and is trying to support them. Yeah, and I love them. But doesn't, yeah. yeah. Um, and and yeah. you're right, you, you mentioned being there for them. That, sometimes that's all you need is just be there for them. But also, yeah. everyone's different. Yeah. Um, people need different things, and it's scary. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for you, can I ask you, like, yeah. from your friends and your family, what helps you the most in oh, these times man. of struggle? Oh, man, I was going to, um, I actually asked this question to a few people on my Instagram. Oh, um, yes. I, I mean, I asked them specifically about bipolar, since you know, I knew mm. your mom was bipolar. I asked, yeah. what are some things you wish your family knew or uh, would would do for you in your treatment? Let me, uh, let's look, let's it, look up. it up real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got three responses. Um, for instance, my friend Olivia said she gets the response that it like a lot of times people tell her it's hard to live with her when she's mm. going through these you know really? manic depressive periods. But one thing she wanted to say to them is you know you think it's hard to live with me, but I have to live with me like twenty four seven. She says I can't close the door on my own episodes. Yeah. My friend Diane says um, she gets don't make this about you a lot. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and then I have one more. Um, uh, this friend of mine says my parents always tell me that everyone has good days and bad days, mm. and you'll be okay, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And they're also she also says they hate any and all medications. So she's been really? medicated for 10 years, but they have no idea. Oh, oh, and they have no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. You know, medication can be a mixed bag for people. Yeah. Do you find that you are drawn to struggling people? I do. I think that's a little bit of my personal, like, my journey, right? Yeah. I, I love, I love to be the hero. 
I love to save, right? And so it, just in a romantic relationship, I pick the guys that are in a little bit of a struggle, right? That go through are going through something. You have a very but... warm personality, mm. a very warm, like That's accepting. So <laughs> no, you do. Like Thank people you. I yeah. mean, we were just in a lift on the way here and we struck up a conversation. Well, Connor struck up a conversation <laughs> with these strangers. I mean, you know, but, uh, yeah. And we talked for like the twenty minutes we were in the car. Yeah. Like you just you're easy to talk to and you're very mm. I don't know, I look at you and I just want to tell you all my deep dark secrets. I love it. <laughs> and, you get, oh, and people do that. People well, do yeah. It. So, so yeah. how yeah. has that always been the case? It has always been the case. I and I, I highly take it from my mom. Uh, she is the same exact way. Very warm, very inviting, and very non-judgmental. Very open-minded. And so, anything you say to her is safe, right? And I learned that as a kid. And and I want to be that way. It's hard. I love being there for people. I love people. I love their journeys, and everyone struggles, and I struggle a lot myself, right? Especially with my happiness and my and my and my thought processes. But um, it can be exhausting. It can be really yeah. hard to hold that baggage. So I have to put it away sometimes, and then I sometimes don't feel like I'm being the best friend because I have to put it aside for. But well, I mean, there's that classic it's, it's own battle. There's that yeah. analogy, you know, you have to put your own gas mask on before you. Help. Yes, or, you know what I mean? put like, the air mask on yeah. on the plane. Like, on yeah. The plane. <laughs> I hope people know what we're talking about. Yeah, like a plane. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like babies. you have to take care of yourself, or else you won't be able to be there for yeah. your friends. And yeah. I I don't know. I I feel like we're similar in that you feel guilty for practicing self care sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Or even telling people, hey, you know, shutting people out because you can't don't have the energy to deal with their yeah. issues, which feels like a betrayal. It does. Yeah, I mean, literally last night, I can even say this. This was not even in regards to being there for someone. Sometimes I am so exhausted mentally and physically that I just can't go to something, right? I need to sit at home. And I rarely do it, but I will sometimes not respond. I will sometimes ghost because I'm just like, leave me alone. But I can't tell you. It's just like, I'll leave messages on like red for hours. And it makes me so guilty, but I, I just can't i don't have the energy sometimes yeah to show up yeah maybe that's what it is and yeah i think that's okay sometimes so what does that mean to you showing up either physically being there being there as a shoulder to cry on maybe maybe that's the phrase um or uh, responding to them because a lot of it is a conversation rarely i find my friends need me to make an action for them, like get them help or look up things for them. Yeah. But sometimes I like to do that, whether they're sad about, they need to find a new job or they need to find a way to take care of them, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Normally it's just being there, being and a it, conversation. And some people, like, um, I have a couple examples. Like um, in my last episode with my sister-in-law, she was mm. saying how she hates it when people try to fix her problems. Mm. like look stuff up for her or get her to do something. She just wants to tell them that she feels shitty and have them be there for her. That's it. But then on the other side of that, um, I can use myself as an example. I was just looking for a job Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, as a depressed person, it was really hard to be motivated. Mm -hmm. And so my friend Max, um, shout out to them. They invited me over to their house and looked for jobs with me. And that was so helpful. And so in that case, it was really nice to have that kind of support. That's great. But also sometimes you do just want to complain. Yeah, yeah. You know? (laughs) You just need to let it out. Like, I don't want you to tell me all the different ways that I can fix this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? I just sometimes need to talk to someone. But it's all about knowing when to apply certain practices practices to certain situations and... That's the hardest part. 
And I feel like as I get older, I know a little bit better after circumstance, but we never get it right all the time. Can Uh, you think of an example where you didn't get it right? Oh, absolutely. Um, So actually, you know what? This brings up my last relationship, which I think is really important because I think I could segue that into a little bit of where I struggle emotionally. Okay. Um, I was just in a relationship with a boy um, who was recently married to a woman. Um, so that's kind of tricky. Uh, you know, he, he transitioned his sexuality um, to coming out and whatnot. Because I love to talk about that deep stuff, I found that I wanted to ask him about what happened for him in his past relationship, things that happened. And I got a little too intimate a little too quickly. I think I pried a little bit too much into a world that he was not ready to totally open, right? Or yeah. he was trying to sort out for himself. And so in this situation, our relationship did not last. Um, he ended up ending it with uh, me. Yeah, but I remember in some of our last conversations, a lot of things were said, right? A lot of things were said. But one of the things that he did make mention of is like, <laughs> you asked a lot questions and without really knowing what was going on for me and he he did make a lot of mention that it was very uncomfortable for him Mm. that I was really on top of him about that kind of stuff and I of course did not feel that way I felt like I was not doing that but it was his perspective and that's legitimate people Um, like you and me we like to get into the deep like I want to I hate small talk I hate it I just want to talk about I mean that's why I have this podcast right I get to talk about all the stuff that no one wants to talk about, but um, yeah. but sometimes it's too much for people. Or the, like you yeah. said, he was still dealing with. He was still that's a huge yeah. thing to take on. Oh, I, yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't right? imagine either. I I also sit here and I realize I had I've had to think about this a little bit, and that I made it a lot about me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, not just his perspective, what he was actually going through. I was looking for a partner, and I was like, how is this going to affect my life by what you've gone through? I wasn't being considerate to what he was feeling and I was trying to rip at a scab he was not ready to give. <laughs> give have you have you noticed give, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give, me yeah. give me your scab. Give me your scab. I don't want the word scab on the Oh, I kinda do. <laughs> <laughs> so but, do you do you yeah. find that's a pattern with you? Absolutely. With, with your friends who are struggling? Um, you want to get nitty gritty right I away. I do. And a lot of people are actually very receptive to it. I feel yeah. a lot of people are really able to dive into it, especially in Seattle where we live. People just, as odd as that is, I actually find people are way quicker to give me that story. I have not noticed it. that. That's okay. Tell me about it. I, I have so many friends that I, but you know what? This probably gets into the fact that I'm warm and inviting. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I actually just had to sit down with a girl. I will keep it anonymous, of course, because it's, uh, it's her story. But, um, a girl that just got, literally I sat down with her for the very first time and she just jumped into information about her eating disorder. We had never sat down before and she just went. She was just like wow. going about what she's gone through and how she's experienced. I was like, oh wow, oh, shell shock. How did you feel about but that? It was a little shell shocking. Yeah, yeah it was. It's interesting because it normally you're on the other side of that. Right. Yeah. You're, you're the one wanting that information. Yeah, and she just went, right? And, I, wow. and I've had that before. I've had people that do that and eh, it's hard. I think in relationship, when I have picked it boys... To get more information, I get the response of, too much. Please let me live in this for myself. Ugh. And then sometimes with friends, I find that they're a little more indulgent. Interesting. They give more. Which is odd. Which is an yeah. in- interesting divide. So how did where... you react to that? Her? Yeah. Um, the woman? I. It was awesome. I mean, I in general, she... when people do share that kind of stuff really fast, oh, how do you... I love it. I, I mean, it's empowering, right? It, yeah. I love... It's refreshing. It's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, is, it is strength to me. 
right? I noticed that with you too. Like you, it was yeah. very easy to talk to you about that kind of thing. Yeah. Like great. You, you were the only one who asked me about how my hospital trip went. Yeah. So well, and that's and that was very important to me, right? Because yeah. I, you know, I had kind of known a little bit about what was going on for you when it first started, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, and our store, uh, the job that we worked at, um, had. They had given you a card, and I loved that. That was very sweet. Yeah, everyone signed it. Uh, and everyone signed it except me. I did not sign <laughs> it. I, I actually refused to sign it because I don't... I did not want to excuse the fact of not asking you what was going on, right? And if a note is given, sometimes I feel like we are quick to say, oh, okay, I was there for you. Yeah. But I wanted to have the conversation with you. I and not to say to that, that they don't it. care. Everyone and they do, was absolutely. beautiful and amazing. Yes, like, I have the best coworkers in the world. Um, yeah. I'm very humbled by the response to that situation. But yeah, but yeah it is uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I, I do the same thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll write someone a, a note on the social media and yeah. then feel a little better because I was there for them. Because you were there. You know, and, and it yeah. takes courage, I think, to to yeah. take it a step further like you did. Yeah, and we were working one-on-one. I remember yeah. that I actually got to sit there and have a pr- pretty, not intimate conversation, a pretty uh, private, oh, private, private conversation yeah. between is really you important. and I. Um, yes, and that's hard to do, of course, in the workspace. Yeah. Um, but we got to talk about it a little bit, and we've had a couple conversations about it ever since, and it was very good to hear about what's going on for you. Also, just hearing your, your journey is just, and so, it's again, not, empowering. If, right? And it's not awkward, you know? No, like I don't think so. I think, yeah, I don't either. But also, yeah. I feel like not... I don't know. You're special. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love you. <laughs> just I think you're special. And I think you have such a great, I, I, I just think your perspective and your journey is going to help so many people. Can we and... just sit here and like compliment yeah, each other just keep for going. another hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to tune Oh, up. I love They're like, okay, whatever. Jesus. <laughs> they're like, they're friends. Get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fascinating. And so I've had friends like that where I can get information out of. And then I've had friends that react differently. Never aggressively, like, in a really big blow-up, but they do. Right? Yeah. I, I find when I have a conversation with my mom, sometimes we can get a little ignited sometimes. And I think there's a comfort behind that that gets it a little fiery. Is that, um, the, like, living in chaos? Yeah. Being familiar, that's yes. the familiar atmosphere yeah, that type living of thing? Yeah, in chaos. Yeah. So how's your relationship with your mom now? Oh, I love her. Oh, my mother is my world, right? Okay. I mean, I... Ugh. She is. She is the... She's one of the strongest people I've ever known. My father, very similar, right? I love him as well for same, right? They're just, they are my mentors. They are my advisors. They are my, they are the people that gave me life. And so for my mom to watch her struggle with this has been very difficult. It's very hard to watch well, a yeah, strong you, woman that I love so much. You mentioned, um, you know, as you got older, you saw the more human side of your parents. Yeah. How has that affected your relationship? It probably makes us more peers than, uh, I mean, I'm still their child, but well, there's yeah. more of a pure level. It's balancing out in a little way. Um, and I have to make a lot more effort to have time with them now. So I feel when I do have time with them, these conversations come up and it does, again, make them more human. It makes me more human to them. And and it is shifted from this child and parent mentality, I think, to this, what is it, peer and advisor kind of okay. like thing. I don't know. I, no, but it's, yeah. of course, loving and warm, just like a parent and child should be, right? And uh, do um, you ever find that boundaries are crossed that maybe shouldn't yeah, be? probably. On, on, I mean, what's... Oh, just, I mean, 
what could I say? Like, I mean, it's it's hard because I don't mind anything that's been crossed with my parents, right? But maybe things like like relationship lives or or my parents' relationship before they got divorced and the struggles that they had. Things I don't really need to know. Yeah. Um, things like, tell that it to been, your therapist. Yeah, tell it to your therapist. I'm like your child, but <laughs> but my parents are pretty responsible though. My, my dad especially he is not one to overshare so he's a little more quiet yeah so you were mentioning earlier that your dad is like no one you know with his anger issues. oh what, yeah what, what, can you go oh. more into that and so I can relate a lot on this actually because I have some anger problems or I've had them in the past especially in relationship but he he is quick to a temper he is quick to lash it, it comes from his childhood and the way he was raised bullying all that kind of stuff stuff that he's gone through but he does not like it when people aren't respectful toward him so as a child when i wasn't respectful toward him he would lash out angrily um, right whether it be physical whether it be verbal and it was scary because yeah. that's the one that you see firsthand right um, and of course i wouldn't see that in anyone out in the world not often right because it, it was, he was very aggressive um, and he's worked on it. He's really worked on it, especially in his current relationship, especially in whatever counseling that he has gained. Um, he does a much better job now, and he's be- he's mellowed out quite a bit. Nice. But I'm, oof, it is it's a very scary thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he ever talk about it with you? Like, he, we up? we would talk about it being a thing, it being real that he. So did you didn't have an sweep it under issue. the rug. We did not do that, but we never got to a point of where it really came from why he would lash out, um, at least above a surface level, right? Like, of right. course he would say, I was bullied as a kid, therefore I got angry. You know, and I, yeah. well, what else was, you know, I don't, it's hard. My father and I's relationship is very different from mine and my mother's, right? Yeah. My mother struggles with her mental stuff, but my dad and I, we're still trying to figure out how to talk to each other as I become an adult. You're, it sounds like you're pretty similar, and that can, oh, yeah. that <laughs> we can are very complicate things. It can, yeah. yeah. I, I love him. He's a good guy, and... I um I would hope in time we can get to a much more comfortable place where that discussion, we where we both get a little more educated yeah. about what's going on. Do any of your siblings struggle with mental health? Yes, very um, a lot of depression in my family, um, very sad, okay. um, and they they have a lot lack of drive and whatever that goes with that with whatever goes with depression. Right, I don't struggle like that they do, so I'm not in their mental state. It is, and I will say this, and this is not meant to spark any kind of anger or frustration, I, and I feel horrible about it. I have a harder time sympathizing with my siblings than I do with my parents um, because it's like I love them. I love my siblings so much. I really, I want better relationships with them because yeah. I'm a lot older and I just don't spend a lot of time with them. But they go through this depression stuff and and whatever else they're going through, and it it halts them. In my opinion, it, it, it's it can stop them, and I just think they're the smartest, most beautiful, amazing people, and I know they can kill it out there. And I want them to get up and go. That's like anyone who's looking uh, at a depressed person yeah. from an outside perspective, you know. Yeah. Like you hear horrible. that as a depressed person, I hear that all the time. I mean, especially yeah. from you know my parents or whatnot. Like you. You can do this. You have so much potential, but that kind of makes it worse. It's yeah. like that responsibility, that pressure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. I don't know the perspective. It's very frustrating when you see someone you love struggling and, you know, throwing their life away. And in your mind, it's clear what they should do or what they can do, but they, it's, 
you can't see it's that when you're depressed. Simple. It's just like a cloud that's keeping you from seeing. It's holding you down. Anything else? Yeah. yeah. Do you do you talk to any of your siblings a lot? Uh, not about like, that. Not about you I don't talk with them about mental health at all. No, if I have a conversation with my mom, and they are younger, so I feel like they probably just don't have the the maybe either knowledge or confidence to talk about it or I don't know I don't I really don't have that conversation I guess that's kind of why I'm here to talk to you about it because with that perspective that you just shared is very common Mm -hmm. um I mean yeah do you feel like they can't talk about it because it hasn't been set as a precedent in your family My mom makes it very, she's very communicative about it, so I would hope that they can. Maybe that's a turnoff to them, though. It might be, yeah. Because you can take this too far. You know, like earlier you mentioned um, in a workplace, it's hard to talk about this stuff. Like, I would not recommend, you know, telling all your coworkers (laughs) your deep, dark secret. You know, like, you have to be discretionary. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, I have known people who have no filter and they share they make people uncomfortable and they tell people things way too soon and yeah uh, i mean a lot of people can't deal with that and it sometimes there's negative consequences yeah so i I can see wanting to be more reserved yeah and that's probably what they are yeah yeah and you know know, they're still young like you said there's a lot of time to explore And I probably will get that opportunity with them. Yeah. I would hope so. But it is important to set the precedent of talking about it, you know, leading by example. Like, I'm, I'm glad you have a relationship with your mom where you guys talk about these things. And yeah. Yeah. Have that conversation. Cause maybe it'll open up the door for them someday. Yeah. yeah. I sure hope so. I love them so much. I just want the, I, you know, I want to be there for them. I guess in my own way, I do little, little picks at them, right? Like just being like, how are you? How are things going? Yeah. How is your relationship? Just showing up for them. Yeah, showing, showing up. up. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 And I, I mean, showing up for your younger siblings, I, I have the same issue. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, 10 years older than my youngest sister. And Do you sending mean... them a Snapchat because that's how they communicate. Right. And, you know, like for yeah. me, that sounds... Get to their level. Yeah. Get like to, yeah. for me, I would, you know, maybe write a paragraph about how they're doing or whatever but that's not how they communicate they you right. know so right a snap can mean more to them and that's showing up for them in the moment yeah so. actually that would be i gotta find that way i gotta find a way to connect with them do your siblings struggle as well yes they do um yeah, yeah uh i have a few and not to get like too personal if you don't no, yeah i mean i have a sister to. who has had an eating disorder she's been on the podcast i mean we don't talk about it a lot. Like I would yeah. also like to talk to my siblings about it more. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually really surprised. Like Since I started this thing, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from them. And so Good. I'm hoping it will also open the door yeah. to more honest conversations. Because I, I get the feeling in my family that if we talk about this kind of stuff, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure some of them are listening to this. And, you know, we don't always know how to talk about it or um like i left the house when i was 18 and a lot of them are still like i'm still getting to know a lot of my younger siblings um and i think over time like you said it'll be easier and easier yeah i sure hope so yeah Yeah. but it is weird it's like your relationship we we've talked about the relationship with your parents changing as you get older Mm -hmm. but it's also the relationship with your younger siblings like the dynamics change so much and it's like realizing that they are going through their own shit too. Yeah. 
It's tricky. It tricky. is a tricky dynamic because of all of the... There's just so many factors. And yeah. I think that's what is the most overwhelming part of being a supporter to those struggling. Yeah. I wanted to go back to yeah. supporting your friends yeah. um, who do struggle. Have you received any feedback from them? Like you said, you don't know how to... Like, what have you done so far? So really, it's a lot of the same, right? I'll sit with them and have a conversation about what's going on for them in life. And, and sometimes it branches off into a, a discussion of what they're going through mentally. I have a friend, a guy friend of mine, who struggles heavily with depression, right? And he, he gives me his perspective on what the day-to-day is for him. And then I have another guy friend who struggles even more aggressively with it. And it gets to him, like, I won't see him for months on end. And then I'll see him for a few weeks constantly, Right, and he'll just disappear for a while and go through his his struggle, and then I'll get to hear about what he went through and how it got triggered and what happened. Right? Do you feel like um, he's ignoring you? I do sometimes. Just... Yeah, and I love him and I miss him. I actually have quite a little crush on him. So that's like. <laughs> I hope he's not listening yeah. to this. Or yeah, you know what? I sure hope he's listening because I'll, <laughs> anyway, I'll give him a. But um, I'm not gonna say his name. But, but yeah, I mean, I'd like yeah. to hear more about your perspective because. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just looking for tips in this episode. I'm looking for your perspective. Like, how do you feel when your friends are going through the shit? And they kind of evaporate and they kind of disappear. Yeah, like, how does that make you feel? I worry for them. I worry for them. But at the same time, I know they will come back around. I I get, mm, this is very self-indulgent. I'm going to, I'm just going to say that. I feel horrible about it. But I feel like I deserve a friend sometimes as well. Totally, as you do. And when they're going through that struggle, and I love them to death, I want them to be happy and healthy and safe, um, I feel like I can't ask them to be a friend to me when they're struggling. So when this friend of mine disappears for months on end, I I want a closer relationship with them. I want a relationship where we can talk about this stuff, have a glass of wine, go paint or something, you know what I mean? Or... Or talk about something that I'm going through, like a breakup or or a hard time at work or something. And I can't go to them because I can't reach them. Yeah. And that sucks. That's hard for me. And it makes it harder and harder for me to be there for them. But then they show up. I mean, but I got to be honest, like that's I have the fear, like from the opposite perspective that Mm. I a lot of times I don't tell people what I'm going through because I don't want to be that friend who just makes it all about them. And um has to have all the energy invested in them but can never give it back right um yeah i mean we have like opposite problems like i feel like yeah like and it's kind of a realistic disconnect because you worry and i get sad right yeah it's it's and it's realistic at the same time i'm not going anywhere Right, yeah. I'm a very loyal person. I'm very invested in my friendships. I, I wish so. all friends were like that, yeah. but and I think and I think they are as well, because they are still there, right? After years and years and years of time, eventually they just win. Eventually, some people fall off, right? Yeah, I was gonna um, ask if you had any experiences like that. Or I'll lose a friend. Yeah, yeah, and it's sad. Yeah. I think about them constantly. I, I'm a Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> so I don't let everyone into my tribe, right? Um, the people that I do let in are quality, strong people that struggle, of yeah. course. Um, it's a prerequisite. And, yeah, and if they ever needed something, I would be there. Same to the guys I've dated, right? Same, same to whomever. So when they do fall off, how does that make you feel? Besides, you know, sad. Oh, it's hard. It makes me wonder what I did. Hmm, uh, but really? In, what in do you reality, mean? Oh, like, what did I do to help this relationship not move forward? And you but can't it's really, sided. yeah. You know, you can't it takes two to tango. Way. It takes two to tango. I yes, mean, yes. There yeah. are surely things 
that they could have probably done too. I mean, especially sure. when you're struggling with mental health issues, yeah. it's hard to be a good friend. Yeah. You know, I have been such a shitty friend and still am not the best friend that I want to be to, because I'm not either. Well, yeah, right? no one's yeah. perfect. No blah, one's blah, perfect. Blah. That's the hardest part. Um, yeah, things have gotten in the way. Things have gotten in the way. You lose people in life. I think people come and go in general and people re- return, right? Yes. So, I mean, there's n- never, um, there's no, what's the word? What, one of my exes, he used to say, I don't like to live in definites, which was like, mm-hmm. and he used to say that to me all the time. He was like, I will not, like things like they're gone forever weren't, weren't in his vocabulary, right? He said, they'll come back. That is home. so wise. Because... It was wise. It used to make me so mad. <laughs> it used to piss me off, but yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's true yeah. though. You it's know, true. Some, some friendships have lifespans and that's totally normal. And then, you know, sometimes there's, they come and go in waves. Yeah. That's, especially when you're an adult, it's hard to have fucking friends. Yes, it is so hard to make friends consistently. It's not even just make friends, but yeah. maintaining the yes. friends you have, especially if you don't live in the same area oh absolutely i i went to school in new york for a year um and i made friends over there that i just freaking love i keep track of them on social media but i barely talk to them now and that they'll pop up every now and then but it's that same idea like if they're not around it's even harder are they really a friend (laughs) and are they really a friend i don't know but there's different types of friends you know i it's an interesting well social landscape we do you have a friendship that has that has withstood the test of time yeah and the test of conflict really like i mean i do um i have a friend um you know as i'll edit her name if she feels uncomfortable yeah (laughs) but (laughs) but um we have been friends for 12 years we met online in a lord of the rings chat room i love that i love that and we were pen pals for a long time we were both kind of you know nerdy Socially awkward kids. You guys related. Yeah, we related a lot. And then in other ways, though, we are very different. You know, I was homeschooled in a religious family with lots Mm. of siblings, and she was she lives in Norway. Um, Oh wow! Only one sister. You know, not very different. Yeah, we're very different. And so um, we stopped talking for a few years when we were Mm. in college, just because life happened. We both had boyfriends. You get in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, we changed, but then. Last year, when I was living in Virginia, mm-hmm. we just reconnected, and it was like no time had passed. But but I we're also. That. But what was your question? Have I the, experienced conflict? That no, that have you? Do you have a relationship that has withstood the test of time? It sounds like yes, that has withstood that conflict. And I was going to say when I have been going through my issues, um, I can see how it affects our friendship. It makes it hard to be a friend for me because I don't engage as much. Mm. And um, it's hard for her to see me struggling. And, you know, sometimes... She doesn't totally know what to do. Yeah, or maybe. like, you know, she'll pull away for a little bit or I'll pull away. But in the end, you know, we we talk about it and we come back together. And I think that's normal for friendships. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard. You know, it our friendship doesn't look anything like it did when we were kids. Yeah. And you kind of want it to stay the same. But people change. That's a, yeah. something you have to accept. It's something you have to accept. It's the hardest thing to accept, right? Yeah. But it's true. It's a real thing. What about you? Oh, I do. I have a very, I have a friend that, uh, same amount of time, like 12 years. I've known her for like a decade. Oh, I love her to death. She will always be there for me. Like a sister. Like her family is like family to me, right? Um, sometimes with gay men, we make other families. That's what they say. <laughs> um, that's like the whole, the saying, right? But yes, I have a friend that has always been there for me. I do not struggle 
as much with her around conflict. Whatever conflicts we've had have been very short-lived and we've moved through them, but she's always been there for me. We have the best time together. We we have sad times and we have times where we don't talk as much, but we've always lived near each other, except for a brief period during school, and she's always been there for me. So I, I've, I have very successful relationships with people that have lasted a long time, and then I have ones that don't, right? Yeah. For me, it, it lands in my romantic life. I, mm-hmm. I was in a relationship that was substantial for a few years with a guy, and that was great. But other, since then, very, like, six-month gigs, three-month gigs, people come and go, right? Which is hard for you. You said you, you only accept people into your tribe that yeah, you want that I to want around. Loyal to. Yeah, so it's that I want hard. to show up for. Yes. Yeah. And so when they come and go, it kills me. Yeah. It hurts me. Yeah. I sit on it. I dwell on it. Just to branch a little bit into my struggles, because I am not educated around what I struggle with. I did not go to therapy. I did not get help. I don't take a medication. Um, I know I'm sad. I know I have things that really get me down and things that really sit on me for a long time. It always revolves around relationship for me. Relationship is my biggest thing, right? If to, to be happy in this world, I want to be an artist. I want to make things. I want to create. But for me, I want a family. Mm-hmm. That is my biggest dream. That is the thing I want most out of life, right? And every time I don't get it out of a guy, it breaks my heart. And I get depressed for a long time. I, my art suffers. I, 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 I don't eat. I don't take care of myself. I'm trying to remedy that, of course, now. Yeah. But um, that, and I don't sleep. I don't, um, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be around meaningless people. Is it because you, you pinned all your hopes and dreams on this on, one person? On one person. And that's not fair, right? Yeah. And that's not healthy for me nor them. Right. And so I'm coming to realize that now as I get older and the more it happens, right? Yeah. Um, and again, it's just not fair. It's hard. I mean, it's good that you know what you want and, you know, why yes. waste well, their time? Yeah, why waste know? my time? Why waste your time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially as you get older, you have less time to waste. I have less time to waste. You know? And It's luckily, good to tell people what you want yeah. and if they don't want that, then, you know, bye. Yeah. And I didn't invest too much time, right? Yeah. Which is good. But it's also, just, you don't want to throw that at them right away. That's, yeah. That is and a lot. It's it is unfair. A lot. And, it's, and you also don't know if that's what you want from them, right? I don't know if I want that from the guys that I've been with. Right? I don't know if I want them to be the guy. Yeah. It's a little ways in. But it still affects yeah. you like it that, It affects though. me heavily. So right? how do you... Because it's you... not even about them, right? It's just this visual visualization of what they could be. Right? Yes. Like, and that's the hardest part. That they're, they are filling a role that they're not necessarily meant for. Do you feel like you project that? Oh, Every a time. Lot. Yeah, I mean, I'll or, well, I'll date a guy I'm not into, and then three months down the line, he'll become comfortable, and I'll say, oh, he's the guy, because because of that. Not because of any real substantial evidence, but because I just want it. Where does right? that come from, do you think? I the, think the it, fact that your yeah. family is so supportive? And... Uh, ugh, it's hard, because I would say it's relationships I've seen. My grandparents have been together for 50 years. Okay. Um, they're a relationship I saw that always made it. They, they just were always together. Um, I always wanted that. Not that necessarily that they're happy. <laughs> right. But I actually would say it is our our rom- romanticized media and culture. Like Hollywood. Totally. Yo, I'm telling you. Those those rom-coms, those movies that are just like, like one person is the end-all be-all. So it is killing me right now with everyone that's in those open relationships. Which I'm is like, bullshit. Not, not, not open relationships, but like the, yeah, idea, the idea that of, there's a person yeah. who's end-all be-all. End-all be-all. Why can't I be the end-all be-all for me? Right? Yeah, like, totally. Please, please. That'd be great. Love that. But I'm still realistic. Easier said than done. Easier Society than really done. does a number on us. It does. I mean, going back yes. to your, the friend 
thing. Um, yeah. You know, there's always the picture in social media, or not social media. There's always the image of, you know, best friends who've been together for years yeah. and they know everything about each other. And yeah. that just doesn't, I don't know many people that have that. Yeah. You I know? Mean, I've got a great friend that I've known for a long time. To be honest, I can't, sp- again, I can't speak in deference. She might be gone in a year. You know, she might go do something else. She might die. You never know. <laughs> Not to be Jeez. like morbid, but I'm, but you know, I just, you never know. Yeah. And so I am trying to be better at living in me and being p- proud of me and, and doing the things that I always want to do with my other dreams. It is hard that my greatest dream though revolves around this relationship because I can't do it alone. But you shouldn't be sorry for that either. Yeah. You know, that that's a worthy dream. And you can yeah. totally have that with someone that deserves it, that you deserve, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but it is tricky. Yeah. It's my biggest struggle mentally, right? That's that's where I get my biggest issues emotionally. How have you been getting support during this time? I would say, uh, well, just like my friends and my family, right? So I get a little bit of that support that I really look for, just someone to talk to, someone to communicate. Maybe that's why... It has been so easy for me to do that for others because I get it a lot. I, oh my God, I count my blessings with just the people in my life that are so wonderful and so there for me, you included. I mean, I spoke to you many times about the relationship that I was just in that ended and, and how hard it was for me, even if it was short-lived. And I the saw people, you the day after it Yeah, you it was came a into work. It was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. But everyone at our job was phenomenal, so kind to me, so open-minded, yeah. did not hold it against me. Even though I didn't show up for a, for a couple days, right? Like emo- mentally and emotionally, I yeah. just wasn't there. I was just so out. Sometimes you um, need to check out. For... Yes, I should have just taken some time off. Oh. Boom. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. It's I didn't want to be in my home, right? But my people have been my saving grace, right? They they have been the people that have gotten me through any hardship I've ever been through, and so I like to surround my people. I guess that's why I want to be there for others as well. I was going to ask, do you ever look at your friends and think, I want to do that for them? Like, yeah. I, what are some things that your friends do for you that so, have worked? I mean... They, they just talk to me. They well, yeah, call me. They check in it. on me. They just, they, whatever, they take me and go do something fun, right? Or they show me my value, like, if I can't find it, right? Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I want to do the same thing for them, and I got a chance to do that, actually, in this breakup, which was amazing. Oh, yeah? Weird divine moment. You know, a girlfriend of mine, the sister of this best friend that I was just mentioning. Um, oh, okay. Uh, she is also very close to me. I'm very close to that family, right? She went through a breakup a few weeks after mine. Very significant relationship. She had given me so much support toward the guy that I just broke up with. And then I got to do the same thing for her a few weeks later. That's it awesome. was fascinating. And, it, and I learned how to be a better friend. And that's, it, that's beautiful because right? it's like two-sided. You know, yeah. it's, I'm assuming. That was such a bonding moment. I'm telling you. That's amazing. I love that girl. Yeah. How are, how's she doing now? I think she's struggling. But that's okay. I mean. We do. How are you doing now, Connor? I'm doing good, yo. Actually, I feel great. You know, I moved into a new place. I have a new job. Um, I'm sitting here with you, having a yes. conversation about something that that is, it's out of my comfort zone, but I feel stronger for doing, right? I'm pushing myself in life, finally. And um, now that a relationship is done, I know it didn't, it's not the end all be all, right? Yeah. So I feel great. 
Thank you for asking. I see great things for you. I know. And we work down the street. We work down the street. Well, and we're just friends. Yeah. And we're going to hang out all the time and chat. And whenever you need me on a podcast, (laughs) I'll be there. Vice versa. I'm going to make you be in my mini series on YouTube. It's going to be great. I will definitely plug that. Oh, Oh, yeah. When that happens, no, you're in it. So I'm like, we're going to talk about you. The verdict's still out about that. Okay. We'll figure it out. But even if it's just a cameo, even if you just kind of show up for a minute. Oh, yeah. My listeners will definitely hear about that. I want to just ask you, like, so when you do these podcasts, is there a piece of wisdom you like to impart on people, like, consistently? Me? No. Yeah. I ask people if they have any advice. They want to... I mean, you're the guest. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. Like, this is your platform Mm. to talk. This is your chance to talk about mental health in an unfiltered way. Yeah. Things you can't... Or just say. Say, yeah. yeah. Like, do you have anything else you want to add? You know, I feel like we went through a lot of stuff, and I feel really good about it. I hope it was in some form coordinated. But I think maybe that's what I want to get at. A lot of this is so uncoordinated for me. It's very all over the place, my feelings around my friends and my family and my personal struggles and mental health. And living in that chaos is really difficult. But I think the more I talk about it, the clearer it's becoming. What would it look like for you if it were coordinated? Like, what's your vision? I think I'm living in an insecurity around how I tend to my friends and my family and myself. And whereas I feel like this was just, like, discombobulated for me, like, what am I feeling? Where am I coming from? What am I doing? Maybe it wasn't. I know. I mean, that's how I feel every day. You know, it's okay to be imperfect and go with the flow and not have a plan. Oh yeah. man, I am a huge planner. If, yeah. if I <laughs> yeah. don't have a plan, yeah. it freaks me out. But sometimes yeah. that's okay. Yeah, you know? Sometimes it's okay. And there's no secret formula. Like there's no right or wrong way to help a friend. Yeah. I think like that's one thing to take away from this is that don't worry about being there in the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I. It's okay to like, be imperfect. Just show up for them and take show it up. from there yeah, maybe that should be the name of this podcast <laughs> show up <laughs> show up oh man there's so many great names what yeah. did we say earlier i don't remember <laughs> there not, are some not, good ones though not the scab They're... one the one uh, when we i know the store. when we walked uh i can't oh. remember if it comes oh, back pearls pearls oh my god pearls on the ground. what was it well it was like pearls pick everywhere. the pearls up pearls everywhere <laughs> was i was so like good. this episode's gonna have so many pearls of wisdom so many pearls of wisdom and you were like yeah. pearls everywhere pearls everywhere <laughs> I think it does. Oh, I loved this. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. I, honestly, anytime. Anytime you need it. I would love yeah. to. I'm going to just keep listening. Tune in, people. Yes. It's good shit. Please. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Like, I, me too. We, go, we, we both need to get up super early. Yeah, so we got to so go. So we're going to turn this <laughs> off. And um, yeah. Lots of love, everybody. What? Lots of love, everybody. I thought you said lots of leather, everybody. No. <laughs> Could you imagine? Lots of leather, everybody. Lots of leather. On that note, bye. Bye. <laughs>